Have you ever been assigned a patient that winds up being not so cut and dry? Like those patients in acute care or the nursing home who have dysphagia but struggle to complete exercises or compensatory strategies because of their intellectual or developmental disability. Or the patient with respiratory failure who develops respiratory-driven cardiac arrest, gets intubated for 10 plus days, and is on a trach and vent. Oh, and he also has a history of stroke, congestive heart failure, COPD, diabetes, and traumatic brain injury. No textbook or single webinar could ever prepare you for that. But we have something that can help you get there, and it's totally free. On May 19th, the MedSLP Collective is hosting another never-been-done-before virtual summit titled Advanced Therapy for Complex Patients, a Medical SLP's Guide. Learn critical concepts with actionable steps you can take for those not-so-cut-and-dry cases. You can earn up to 0.8 advanced ASHA CEUs if you are or you become a member of the MedSLP Collective, and the recording is also available inside of the Collective. Ready to scale your clinical skills? Go to medslpcollective.com forward slash summit to register today. This is episode 210 of the Swallow Your Pride podcast, and today we are back with part two of our conversation with Dr. Alan Shikani. Uh, today we'll be, we, we will be discussing all about the HME, and so last week's episode was just all about the speaking valve, and we have a continued conversation today, so go back and check out last week's episode if you missed it, but other than that, uh, I hope you enjoy this chat. <laughs> Welcome to the Swallow Your Pride podcast. I'm your host, Teresa Richard. I'm a board-certified specialist in swallowing and swallowing disorders, a mobile fees business owner, and founder of the MedSLP Collective. This podcast is all about delivering the latest evidence-based practice to medical SLPs everywhere. Whether you're a new clinician seeking tangible tools for treatment or a seasoned vet stuck in a rut, my goal is to help ditch the old school ways of the past that no longer serve you or your patients, to reinvigorate your passion for our field, to broaden your knowledge about our scope of practice, and to inspire you to practice at the top of your license. So if you're listening, I encourage you to swallow your pride, be open and willing to learn, because let's face it, your patients deserve that kind of care. With that, let's dive right in. Just a quick disclaimer that all statements and opinions expressed in this episode do not reflect on the organizations associated with the speakers and are their own opinions solely. Hello, Dr. Shikani. Hello, Teresa. All right. Welcome back. So last week we had episode one, which we talked all about the Shikani speaking valve and sort of learned the differences between that compared to other ones and how you can get your hands on it and all the wonderful things. But today we have sort of a, I don't want to say more important episode, but a topic that's not discussed as much. So without further ado, Dr. Shikani, if you want to tell the people a little bit about yourself again. I am a Otolaryngologist, head and neck surgeon in Baltimore, Maryland. I trained at the Johns Hopkins Department of Otolaryngology, head and neck surgery. I'm currently the chief of otolaryngology, head and neck surgery of the MedStar Union Memorial Hospital and Good Samaritan Hospital and of the LifeBridge Sinai Hospital. I also happen to be, as my side interest, the founder of the Airway Company, which is a company that focuses on the manufacturing of medical devices that improve the quality of life for tracheotomy patients including the Shikani speaking valve and the Shikani HME or heat moisture exchanger. The subject of today's talk is the Shikani HME. All right. Awesome. Um, yeah. So for everybody listening, Dr. Shikani put together a wonderful PowerPoint with visuals and videos. So we'll also have that up on the show notes 
um, up on the site. We'll download this to YouTube as well. So if you want to see all the visuals and the videos, you can. And he also has all of this at theairwaycompany.com too. So if you hear him referring to things, just check it out at the end. But other than that, this is an audio podcast. So, so let's get into HMEs. Okay. So in the previous podcast last week, we covered uh, the benefits of tracheotomy speaking valves to the tracheotomy patient. In summary, speaking valves are very important. They restore speech and communication. They improve swallowing. They improve olfaction or smell. They facilitate secretion management, and they reduce pulmonary infections. And the speaking valves do all this by being a one-way valve that allows air to be inhaled in, and then when the patient exhaled, it redirects the airflow north towards the vocal cords and the nose, restoring all these functions that are lost uh, when the patient has had a tracheotomy tube placed in their neck. Now, there are three critically important tracheotomy-related side effects which are not helped by a speaking valve, by any speaking valve, as a matter of fact. What are they? The negative impact of a tracheostomy on the pulmonary health is due to the fact that the air bypasses the nose when the tracheostomy tube is put in the neck. And the, the nose is a very important organ in the body. It is the organ of humidification, warming, and filtering of air. So when the patient breathes directly through the tracheostomy tube, there is a loss of humidity so instead of being 100%, which is what it normally gets when you breathe through your nose, the distal trachea humidity goes down to 30%, which is very dry. Also, loss of warming. The temperature goes down from the 37 degrees Celsius to 20 degrees in the distal alveoli. And then, very importantly, loss of filtration. So filtering of particles, whether it's dust, bacteria, viruses, especially these days, viruses with the COVID pandemic, environmental irritant pollution is an extremely important thing for the health of the lung. So you can see here, for example, on this slide, pollution, as we all know, is, is a big problem in this century. Pollution is everywhere, whether it is from uh, smoke or whether it is from smog or cigarettes. Uh, is uh, very uh, unhealthy for the lungs. To show you how healthy, how unhealthy it is, uh, I'm going to give you an example of uh, laryngectomy patients. Now, for some reason, industry has focused on laryngectomy patients and created universally a laryngectomy HME. So every HME patient, every laryngectomy patient uses an HME almost. And the reason why they are obligatory neck breather and and this laryngectomy patient, HME, you can see how dirty it is even after 24 hours of use. You can see how much is filtered. That's absolutely so, disgusting. He's showing like a black uh, ring. Yes, it, it is really very impressive. It's like changing now, your air filter when you haven't changed it in three years and you wonder why your air conditioner is broken. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> now, tracheostomy patients are obligatory neck breathers, and they have the same pathophysiology as laryngectomy patients. So my message in this podcast is to say, please do not forget the tracheostomy patient. They all need to have the an HME to filter. And we're going to show you more about that. But focus on them as you focus on the laryngectomy patients. They do need to have support uh, and then filtration and humidification and warming. 
Now, what happens when air is directly inhaled through a tracheotomy tube when it's not humidified, warmed, or filtered? There is a progression of events. First, for the first, you know, hours or days, depending on the patient, perhaps nothing happens, no damage happens, but then the mucus becomes thicker. The mucociliary transport slows down, cilia get bogged down in the thickening mucus, and then the cilia stop beating completely. This leads to mucosal damage, uh, which is due to the cold temperature, the dryness, dehydration, combination. And then you start having desquamation of the epithelial cells of the trachea and the bronchi, and then ulceration. This leads to more secretions, thicker gobs of dried mucus, and then deeper bronchi occlusion of the alveoli, and then ultimately atelectasis and pulmonary infections. And this, this varies depending on the patient's condition, whether they're healthy, unhealthy, whether they're young, old, but this is a universal phenomenon. So I'm going to show you in this video of a bronchoscopy patient what happens. I'm going to show you three videos, as a matter of fact, just to make the point even more. This is a patient of mine who came in without any HME. You can see the trachea, how thick crusting is filling the trachea and the distal. This is the carina in the middle and then the right and left bronchi, they all have this thick crusting and thick mucus that accumulates due to the dryness. So and that can occlude the tracheotomy tube and also occlude the bronchi and cause infections. And I'll show you patient number two who has this thick mucus that is due to the dryness and the secretion. And this is what causes pneumonia in these patients. So the patient comes in and they're coughing. But if you really take a good look, you can see why they're coughing. They have a problem uh, that is happening in the trachea and in the lung. And this is patient number three. There's another one you can see there. This is the carina, right and left uh, bronchi. We can see from thick, how thick deep into coming deep from the lower distal lungs, how this mucus is coming. And then you can see inflammation of the trachea or mucosa in general with bronchitis. And all this can be helped. The patient does not have to cough all the time and get these infections. So what does the HME do and what are its benefits? As I mentioned, increased particle filtration, heat transfer to normalize the temperature, and then moisture retention. When air goes through, two things happen. It is filtered and it's warmed and it is humidified. So this is air coming from the lungs. It goes through the media of the HME. These are the uh, water particles. And they. Uh, this is the filtration of the dust or whatever pollution. The water particles accumulate. They come from the lungs. They accumulate in the form of the HME. And then, then as the patient breathes back in, they can return to the lung. It's called moisture return. And this is why... Uh, the HMEs help uh, the lungs. Now, we know from experience that uh, the HMEs, by humidifying, warming, and filtering the air, they reduce tracheociliary dysfunction, they decrease mucus secretions, they decrease the rate of infection, they increase the health of the, of the lungs, and they save cost to the healthcare system. So essentially, HMEs act as an artificial nose to restore the physiological functions that are lost when the air bypasses the nasal passages and goes through the tracheotomy tube. So I'll give you some uh, animal work, which was done 
uh, early on, in the late 80s, is they took 18 dogs and they tracheotomized them. And then they divided them into three groups. A group which was left alone, normal condition. A, ju- a group which was given warm mist. And a group which was given an HME. Half the dogs were killed on day one, half were killed at day 10, and biopsies were taken from the uh, tracheas. And they did the biopsies at day one and day 10, and they looked for the following criteria. Ciliary destruction, epithelial erosion, squamous metaplasia, submucous infiltration, and mucus production. And they did a statistical analysis uh, based on the analysis of variants, or ANOVA. And they found that the tracheal mucosa of the dogs had the lowest pathological score after use of an HME, even as short as one day. And they returned to normal, complete normal, after 10 days of HME use. So this animal study is very clear. Use an HME from a few days and on gives a huge benefit. There, there was nothing else we could use but dogs for this study? Well... Now, I don't know if you can get away with it. Remember, this was done in 1988. Okay, thank you. And now, I don't think you can do it anymore. I know it's cool, but in the past, they used to do, you know, animal work freely. Now, uh, there's a strict control on uh, on whether whatever animal. I think they chose dog because they want to get as close in size as they wanted to. But I agree with you. Teresa, now it's hard to kill any dog like that. You you won't get away with it. It's awful. No, I'm I'm a dog. I'm a dog lover. I, yeah, this, this I is gut wrenching for me. Okay. Anyways. I, I understand. No, okay. I know. <laughs> uh, now let's go to humans. So they took 20 patients, uh, and they found in these studies that the patient who breathed through a stoma lose about 500 milliliter of water and 300 kilocalorie of heat every day. But you can, you, you can retain 250 to 300 milliliter of water and a large amount of this heat that is lost using an HME. And you found that the biggest impact of the HME was on you improving humidity and then improving temperature. So the biggest impact is humidity. That's the most important. Now, even if you use HME for as short as 10 minutes, you can see some improvement in the humidity evaporation and the loss of heat. And this study was published in 2006 in the European Archive of Autolaryngology. Now, there are many HMEs on the market they're not very much used yet, but uh, as we talk about them and as we start uh, raising awareness, people will start using them. Like you can see this one, the Smith's Medical Portex. This has like a, it's a paper HME, it's a pleated paper. The same with the Malincrot. The Malincrot is, you can see the pleated paper. It is the most common HME used uh, on the market. It is big, but it's, it's a pleated paper. It's made of corrugated paper. They call these hydrophobic filters where the water droplets sits on top of the paper. They don't go in the paper. And then they come back a little bit as the patient breathes back. This one is a cardinal health. It's a foam HME. This is a foam. But notice the foam is small. Uh, it's not very big. So these are all linear HME. That means air goes in, air goes out. As you can see, it's a linear airflow. So air goes in, it goes out. Uh, it's just a linear straight shot of airflow. So there is a rapid transit and there is less chance of transferring heat, transferring moisture. So the manufacturer tend to make it big to allow enough foam material to allow at least some degree uh, of moisture and heat retention. If you make it very thin and very small, it looks good because it's small, 
discreet, but it's ineffective. So they make it bulky. They have no other choice. Now, the Shikani HME design is different. It's not linear airflow. It's turbulent airflow. The reason is it has a dimple in the middle. This is the dimple. And it has a foam in here. And uh, as air goes in, it hits the dimple. It, turbulent, it has a turbulent called eddies current comes back from the side. And as the patient inhales, comes back in from the side, goes back into the dome, into this little dead space in here, which you can see immediately getting humidified as the patient breathes three breaths, you can see, or immediately moisture get condensed and then it goes back. So this turbulent uh, airflow is very important. Again, this is the foam. It's made of reticulated ester polyurethane, which is impregnated with calcium chloride, which is a hygroscopic material. It sucks in the humidity. It's not sitting on the top. It just imbibes it and it releases its back in. So it also filters and it also transfers heat. Because it's turbulent, it can be made more efficient and much smaller. Look how smaller the Chicani HME is compared to the Malincrod HME. Now, this is important. I'm going to play this animation to demonstrate the point of what is turbulent airflow. So the Chicani HME has a unique design that allows turbulent airflow. This greatly increases its efficiency. This is the outer shell dome on the top. This is the dead space above the media. This is the media. This further enhances condensation. This is the dimple, which allows air to recirculate with these turbulent eddies currents. They're turbulent circles of air, like the one we found in the alveoli and the lung, and then they go up from the side, and vice versa. When they inhale air, it goes back into turbulence and goes back into the lung. This is the hygroscopic media, which is the acetyl polyurethane foam, which is impregnated with calcium chloride, and that's what attracts moisture. So this traps moisture, and as moisture is trapped, it returns to the lung when they inhale again. So this turbulent pattern of airflow gives you more drag, higher transverse motion, increased friction, Increase energy transfer, heat transfer, increase moisture transfer. This drag and friction is extremely important. This is why we make the Chicago HME more efficient in water transfer and heat transfer than traditional linear HMEs. This allows us also to make it much smaller in size because it's more efficient. And hence, it's more discreet, and the patient like the fact that it is discreet. They do appreciate these features. Now, to summarize it, linear airflow, current technology, turbulent airflow, Chicani technology, eddies current. The turbulent airflow is chaotic, like the one you find in the lungs. It recirculates, increase friction, increase drag, increase heat transfer, increase moisture retention, so more efficient. So let's go to our friends uh, uh, who uh, have the test lung machine. This is the Technology Institute of Medicine in Gothenburg, Germany. Now is our test subject, which is the HME, but we added a humidity source. And this is the, the pump. As the cylinder goes to the right, it replicates inhalation, goes to the left, it replicates exhalation. And we're measuring the moisture and heat return, and, uh, temp, uh, moisture return. So we found that the 
Chicane HME is 10.85% superior efficiency in moisture return as compared to traditional Mallinckrodt HME. Even though it has a smaller media, and in addition, it has a foam, while the Trachyolite HME, the Mallinckrodt Trachyolite HME, has a corrugated paper, which is not as efficient. So then let's measure resistance. This is the y-axis that measures pressure drop, and then this is the x-axis that measures flow in liters per second. And then the blue and red is the Shikani HME at inhalation and exhalation. And this one is the Malinkrat HME as inhalation and exhalation. This is at time zero, a dry HME, which has not been used yet by the patient. And we can see a significantly lower resistance with the Shikani HME compared to the Malinkrat HME to a P significance of less than 0.0001. This results in lower airway resistance uh, when they breathe through the Shikani HME. Now, what happened after 24 hours? So they had a chance to wet it, and the HME, as you know, is used only for 24 hours. It's a disposable throwaway gadget. They're very cheap. You throw away after 24 hours. They don't cost much. And again, pressure versus flow, Shikani HME, wet, inhalation, exhalation versus Mallinckrodt, significantly lower airway resistance. So that's what the lab is telling us. So now we know that some patients need oxygen, so we design an improvement on the Shikani HME by putting a small oxygen port, but we made it very small port. So we, we provided with a very small special catheter that comes with the box of a Shikani HMEs, which is extremely light and which the patient can clip with a clip on his shirt or her shirt. One of the problems that the other patients are complaining about, we notice, is the heavy hose that goes to Mallinckrodt HME just pulls down the neck. It gets heavy at the end of the day when they carry the oxygen tank all around. This is a very tiny catheter that clips on the shirt, so a small little benefit. The other benefit it's a, is the fact that because the oxygen is turbulent flow, and you can see the turbulence here. The oxygen goes in, hits this little knob, and then circulates with these erratically placed semi-curved channels. So air, uh, oxygen is now very much turbulent inside the lower cylinder and inside the upper dome, and that gives you a much more efficient way of deliver oxygen so you can save the amount of oxygen that is burned. Instead of giving the traditional 5 to 10 liters, we found that you can go as low as one to two liters. And we did a study on that, and we found that the patient can save on the oxygen flow and less oxygen waste. So we did a clinical study in vivo with 10 patients compared the Shikani HME and the Malinckrodt HME. And we looked inside the lung after five days of use of each HME, and we checked for tracheal inflammation, mucus, crusting, and ulceration. And we also did a study on the waste of oxygen, if they can get away with lower oxygen use. And what we found, number one, that both HMEs improve tracheal outcome as compared to no HME. So it's good to use an HME, whichever one you have. The Shikani HME outperformed the Malincrod HME for the tracheal outcomes of tracheal inflammation, mucus crusting, and ulceration. And it also outperformed it on the oxygen saturation in a way you don't have to use as much oxygen as the other one. So we can get away with less oxygen. Hopefully this allows the patient to have an oxygen tank to last longer. These small tanks, they last two hours if you use six liters, but they can last to eight hours if you use one to two liters. 
And finally, we asked the patients, uh, which one do they prefer? Most of them said we prefer the Shikandi because it's smaller, it's more discreet. The same feeling we had when we did tested, uh, assessed the preference for the Shikani speaking valve as comparing speaking valve. Our motto for the airway company is small, light, discreet, and easy to breathe with. And we are doing it with both the HME and the speaking valve. Now, a most important point uh, that is uh, unique to this uh, technology is the fact uh, that you can use the Shikani speaking valve with the Shikani HME. Now, a traditional flapper valve like the Passimuer can never be used with an HME. The reason is HMEs draw their, their humidity from exhaled air, and these flapper valves are 100% closed upon exhalation. They do not allow exhaled air to get through. So air can never go through and reach an HME. Therefore, HMEs are not compatible with any flapper valve, whether it's Passimuer or other. So patients who wear these flapper valves uh, are obligated to choose between either speaking or filtering humidification and warming. They cannot have both. It's either or. Now, the Shikani speaking valve, as we mentioned in the previous podcast, I'm going to show it in a little video in a minute. When placed in the 12 o'clock position, allows the tracheotomized patient to breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out all the time. So if you put an HME on top of the valve, the patient can breathe in, breathe out, humidify, breathe in, so they can speak and filter humidify the air concurrently at the same time, which is a paradigm shift for those patients. Let me show you. So one problem with these flapper valves is that they cannot work with the HME because HME draw their air, their humidity from the exhaled air, but the flapper valves are by design closed 100%. So exhaled air stops here, cannot go through to the HME, it just goes up. So then the exhaled air cannot reach the HME. Now this is the Shikani speaking valve. We solve the problem because if you place it in the 12 o'clock position or the bias open position, the ball is open and air goes in, air goes out, and they can, with, with inhalation exhalation, they can breathe in and out. So now if you couple it with an HME, Exhale the air, go through, gets to the HME, brings the humidity from the lungs, and the moisture comes from the lungs. The foam will trap the moisture, uh, and it will absorb it, and then it will returning with inhalation. This is due to the fact that the ball valve allows to go in and out. Now, it's important to, to mention that you should put the valve in the 12 o'clock or bias open position. And the ball will be sitting posteriorly, and the valve will be open, allowing the patient to breathe in and out in a soft, normal way, as if they're breathing normally. Then the air will reach HME, and you get to function, to breathe and humidify and filter. If the patient wishes to vocalize and speech, a slight little effort like the one we do when we want a speech will push the ball up, and then we'll block the passage, and then they can speak. There's no real extra effort needed to do that. So now the patient can speak if they wish and breathe and filter at the same time. So this ability to use an HME and a speaking valve in unison and control when to breathe and when to breathe and filter is a paradigm shift 
for the care of a tracheotomized patient. Is there, can I ask you, is there ever a time that you would not use an HME for a patient? There is really little, let's say there's every benefit in using yeah. an HME and little drawback not to not using it. So I don't know why we should not use it. I recommend to most patients to use the HME with the speaking valve during the day when they do want to speak and they can get benefit of humidification. At night, of course, they don't need to speak and they're sleeping. Just use the same HME because it lasts 24 hours. So use it at night. This is what we recommend to our patients. And it has made a big difference. And I, we can talk about some clinical uh, impact. We have a child in Stanford who was five years old who was on percussion uh, machines because to percuss his lung, to clear secretion. And he cleared completely when he could use an HME for 24 hours. Wow. It's an amazing, uh, amazingly important thing. You're really replicating the function of the nose, and Mother Nature created the nose for a reason. So we went back to our uh, lab, and we wanted to say, okay, you add an HME, but are you adding resistance to the patient? Are you adding a factor where the patient is going to have one more thing to breathe through? So we took our subject, which was the HME, and we measured with our, our test lung machine in Germany, uh, breathing in, breathing out, we're measuring the pressure and checking if HMEs cause additional resistance. And this is our uh, graph showing the pressure on this y-axis and the flow on the x-axis. This is the flapper valve, the, the passing here. Now, this red, this green is the speaking valve alone. The red is the speaking valve with the HME, and it doesn't really add much resistance at all. Even combined, speaking valve with HME, Shikani speaking valve with HME, you're still lower than the resistance of the passing rear, which is important. The HME alone, of course, there's no valve, uh, is the least resistance because, of course, there's one less device. So you can use that during the night. You can use this during the day, and you're still better off than it's just a flapper valve. And the analysis of variance confirmed that. This is the passing rear. This is Shikani speaking valve, Shikani speaking valve with HME, and this is the HME alone. Now, in summary... Uh, the use summary, it is very important, and go back to your question, Teresa, it's very important for the patient to use an HME as continuously as possible during the 24 hours as you can. This will help your lungs filter, warm, and humidify. During the day, our recommendation is to combine both if you wish to speak and filter. And at night, take away the speaking valve, use the same HME at night, and after 24 hours, throw it away. You can directly hook the HME on the cannula, as you can directly hook it on the front of the speaking valve, which is, again, a 50, designed to be 15 millimeter. So this HME is universal, can work on the speaking valve, work on the cannula, so you can use it either or. Some patients who have, like, pneumonias, etc., they need two HMEs a day, and we know that from experience from all HMEs, and which is good, uh, the fact that Medicare covers two HMEs a day anyway, and Medicare is the standard, CMS is the standard for all private insurances, they cover two HMEs a day. They are all the same HICSPIX code for HMEs, which is A7507, already established. We don't have to reinvent anything. Our HME fits in into these codes, and Medicare pays two per day. Insurances, do, most private insurance pay the same. And our HMEs come in a box of 25. In addition, comes with a very soft, fine catheter, which is very light because we like light, we like discreet. And it can be, it has a little clip that clips on the shirt, so it takes all the way off from the weight of the trachea, which is good. 
And we recommend, as I said, to use it with the speaking valve during the day and with the tracheotomy tube at night. So we feel like change is coming. The future will be away from linear airflow HMEs to turbulent airflow HME and away from flapper valves to ball valves. And I hope that, you know, our providers will consider trying the ball valve and, uh, and the HMEs and allow their patient to speak and humidify at the same time. It just take a little, it doesn't take much education. They just make, need uh, the, the providers to be aware of it. Patients don't need much to get used to it. Well, children learn how to use it from the first, from the very beginning. There's plenty of references on, uh, on the subject we can provide. They can find them on our website. Our website is theairwaycompany.com. If you scan that QR code, it takes you to the website, and you can see videos on use of HME on both. And I stop here for any questions. I could show you some patient video with combining both, but I think it's easier for you to go and see them and so that don't take time from the podcast. And Teresa, I turn the questions back to you. I don't know that I have any about the HME. I think you, you answered every. I think that was wonderful. That was really well presented. So thank you. I'm trying to think if I have any, but um, I guess easiest way for speech pathologists to reach out to you guys is just through the website. Yes, or they can feel free to call and leave a message if they, or, or both, or email us through the website. If they wish to have a sample to try, of course, we'll be glad to help. If they have any questions, uh, you know, in medicine, there are always questions when you use something new and whatever, uh, we'll be glad also to, to, uh, to answer. We strongly recommend to use HME on any patient who has borderline lungs, whether older or younger, the extreme of age, very important. But we also th- cannot overemphasize that even adult patients who can handle some cough, et cetera, you can improve their quality of life, cut down on the risk of infection, et cetera, going forward. Now to mention, especially these days with COVID, but you don't want any infection, you want to filter as much as possible. We are working on improving our HME to hopefully provide some filter against COVID. It's a new disease. We are, we are making good progress, actually. We, we think we may have something next year coming that also prevent viruses, but that's going to be some for the future subject, maybe a future podcast. Interesting. Interesting. And you work, is that something you work closely with engineers to figure that stuff out? Yes. The device has already been designed. It's been tested right now. I think as everything, you have to go through FDA clearance and everything. As you know, that does take time. It's just new because of the pandemic. Uh, but we feel it's, you, you know, you, you cannot afford, have, afford to have patients come into a pandemic with a borderline lung situation like mucus, et cetera. These patients who have this lung infection or predisposition to lung infection are very susceptible to get complications if they ever get COVID. So you want as pristine a lung condition as you can. And I think HMEs will provide the patient with that. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much. you have any final thoughts on this? No. Thank you very much, uh, Teresa. And thank you for Swallow Your Pride for allowing us this uh, very gracious opportunity to speak uh, on your site. And we're looking forward to hopefully a future collaboration. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you. To download the show notes from this episode, please visit SwallowYourPridePodcast.com. There you can also sign up for our email so that you'll never miss another episode. If you like what you hear, then please subscribe, leave a review on iTunes, and share it on social media with your friends and colleagues, because that is what keeps these episodes coming. 
If you'd like to be a guest, share feedback, or request a topic to be discussed on the show, please email podcast at TeresaRichard.com. Special credit to Danny B. Socrates for her amazing audio and editing skills and to Marissa Hendrickson for managing all the things behind the scenes. As always, thanks so much for listening and see you next week.